How are you now? How are you? It's a beautiful Saturday night, Sunday morning. I don't know when you listen to this. It's none of my damn business. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake. And uh, we're here to talk about the Montreal Canadiens uh, making a little trip to Missouri to take on the St. Louis Blues on Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada, except it's in Missouri. Um, <laughs> anyways, it's the third game in a quick road trip for the Habs, and uh, we're going to get to the recap, but of course, I do got to give you a word from one of our sponsors, and the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing also, so Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And this game between the Habs and the Blues started with something that I asked for last game, actually, which is Uri Slavkovsky playing on the top line with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. Now, I know anybody who listened to that episode is saying, but Matt, also, you did ask for them to send him down uh, to the Laval Rocket, and I did. Um, I said, you know, if you're not willing to give him top line minutes, if you're going to keep shoving him on that line, then yeah, send him down. Uh, but I've been harping on that for a while, so I don't want to toot my own horn. I'm not trying to say the Montreal Canadiens listen to my podcast or anything, but all I'm saying is sometimes I say things and then they happen to happen. I don't know. Kind of weird. Anyways, um, it looked pretty good to start the game, actually. Um, looking like a line that might uh, actually be something they could ride with for a little while. However, however, of course, there's a caveat to that. Um, Mike Matheson starts brain farting early in this game. And uh, he has a really bad pinch, can't hold the line. Uh, Braden Shen gets a breakaway and misses the net. But the puck gets back out to Jordan Cairo just on the back door. Uh, he taps it in and makes it one nothing for the Blues. Uh, a little later, Kevin Hayes takes a penalty and the Habs go to work on the power play. Good exchange between Alex Newhook and Uri Slavkowski along the wall. Uri Slavkowski just walks in, nice little stick handle, and puts it far side on Joel Hofer. That makes it 1-1. The Habs are right back in this thing. Shortly after that, Brendan Gallagher gets high-sticked, and I'm like, are they going to go two for two here? Are they going to take the lead with another power play goal? And they decided to absolutely start sucking on the power play on that second attempt. Uh, Really nothing going. Pretty back and forth from that point. But then a little bit later in the period, with just over three minutes to go, icing call against the Habs keeps a tired top line out there. They get stuck. They get caught out there. And eventually it leads to Robert Thomas with a high slot snipe glove side on Samuel Montembeau. He makes it 2-1, to one, and that's your score at the end of 1. Uh, not a great first period for the Habs. Not the worst, for sure. But they need a much better second period in order to really get themselves back into this game. And... Honestly, it's mostly a very vanilla period uh, early on. There's just not a whole lot happening at either end of the ice. Then we get a puck over the glass penalty from Samuel Blais just under seven minutes into the period. And this is a golden opportunity for the Montreal Canadiens. They're one for two on the power play so far. Uh, They really need a goal here. What can they do with this golden opportunity? I'm going to tell you what they did with that opportunity. They fucking took it and they built a little boat. 
right? A little toy boat. And then they took it to the Mississippi River and they put it in there and they just watched it float away. And now it's being worn by a dolphin as a hat somewhere in the Gulf of Mexico. Thanks, guys. Really great follow-up to that, you know, power play goal that you scored in the first period to just decide that you're going to suck on every opportunity thereafter. Um, Habs do nothing with it. And, uh, of course, things start to open up from there, though. Right, and uh, we're getting chances at both ends of the ice, but nobody seems to be able to score. And then, of course, a horrendous pass by Christian Dvorak in the offensive zone. He has Josh Anderson streaking towards the net in the middle. He doesn't bring it to his forehand. He tries to feather it in the backhand, and of course, it gets intercepted. Puck goes the other way, and it is Jordan Cairo over to Brandon Saad, and he puts it in, makes it three to one. There goes any chance that you had uh, at making a comeback. But then, but then, Brendan Gallagher claps one in deep, just. Dumps the puck as deep as he possibly can. Goes straight to the slot. Samuel, no, not Samuel. Sean Monahan finds him in the slot. He bangs it home top Ched, and it's 3-2. to two. The Montreal Canadiens have some life heading into the third period and watch it get snatched away on the power play of all places. This time, it's Justin Barron. Um, he gets tripped, actually, at the offensive blue line, and uh, Alexei Torpchenko goes the other way on a breakaway and scores. Horrible missed call by the officials. It's hard to complain about the officiating considering that all the calls prior to that had gone Montreal's way. But you can't miss that call. It's a game-altering call. It's now 4-1, or sorry, 4-2 for the St. Louis Blues on a goal that shouldn't have counted. They actually gave an assist to whoever it was that made the trip. You got an assist for what should have been a penalty. And uh, now they're down by two again. And then Braden Shen makes it 5-2. to two. They pull Samuel Montembeau pretty early in the game uh, with about four minutes left. And uh, Kasperi Kapanen makes it 6-2. to two. The Habs did get one back, to their credit. Cole Caulfield cycling up near the point, fires a shot on goal, and it gets tipped in by Nick Suzuki to make it 6-3. to three. But 6-3 to three is, in fact, your final. Um, a pretty lopsided loss, uh, at least in, in the goals column for the Montreal Canadiens. And one that's marred, of course, by a very uh, horrible missed call by the officials that could have maybe changed the game. Now, before I get to the silver lining of the night, I want to talk about that. Um, you, you have an officiating problem in the NHL, and I'm not going to sit here and blame the officials for the Habs losing. All right, That was the 4-2 goal, so it'd be ridiculous of me to sit here and say that's the reason that they lost. But... I do feel the need to point out that there's too many instances like this in the NHL right now where you can point at something and go, this is an obvious call that you should have made. There was one um, with the uh, with the Leafs the other night uh, with, what's his name, Timothy Liljegren. He got can-opened by Brad Marchand, and they just ignored it. They let it go, and the guy's injured, and he's going to be out for a while. Like That was not just a game-altering missed call for them that that was potentially a career altering missed call for Timothy Lilligren and you have too many of these missed calls happening these refs that decide they're going to go into game management mode right yes I understand that most of the calls were in Montreal's favor up to that point but you can't miss that call it's an easy one right in front of your face that leads directly to a breakaway for the other team. You can't miss that call just because, oh, well, we already called four penalties against them, so we can't call another one, can we? Yes, you can. You can because it happened it, right in front of your face, and you saw it. So I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I, do, I don't want to spend too much time on the officials because realistically we need to talk about the Montreal Canadiens. And before I get into any of the negatives, I do want to give you your silver lining of the night. Uh, and I have a few silver linings, actually. I want to start with Uri Slavkovsky. Um I felt like that top line with him on there looked very good. 
much better than they have with Josh Anderson there. Um, I feel like they were not as good as they were with Rafael Harvey Pinar, but I think that this is the spot for Uri Slavkovsky. If they're not sending him to Laval, keep him there. If you have any designs whatsoever to shove Uri Slavkovsky back on a line with Josh Anderson and Alex Newhook, just stop immediately. Don't do that. Um, rethink your entire life and send him to Laval. <laughs> like, there's you, you have way too much evidence of that not working. And what we saw in this game against the Blues was they were a very effective line. Um, they ended up getting that late goal, obviously. Now, Slavkovsky's goal was nice, and it was scored on the power play, but it was not scored with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. So the only adjustment that I might suggest is put him on that top unit on the power play with Caulfield and Suzuki as well. If you're going to skate him on a line with him, it makes sense to maybe adjust your units a little bit and let him play there too because the top power play unit was pretty useless. The only one that got anything going in that game was the second unit with Slavkovsky on it. I really think if you're going to skate him on the top line, you might as well throw him on uh, on the top power play unit as well. And let's see if they can keep recreating some of that magic. I think we saw enough good in that game out of that line that this is something that needs to stick for a little bit, right? We need a bigger sample size. You can't judge, you know, you, you never want to take one game and go, okay, every, everything's good. Because if you did that, you know, the 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 Gallagher, Pearson, and Monaghan line would have been broken up after the first game because they didn't look great in the op- on the opening night. Um, they, they took a couple of games to, to really get into their groove. Uh, and I'd say the same thing for this top line, this new look top line now, is you got to give them a couple of games at least. And I think while you're doing that, why not adjust the units as well in the power play and let them play there? Um that top unit on the power play needs a, a bit of a kick in the ass, and may, maybe he's the kick in the ass that they need. Um, they looked really good, especially at five on five. They controlled most of the shot attempts. Uh, I think they had the better scoring chances as well. Cole Caulfield and Urasovkovsky uh, seem to have a little bit of, uh, of of chemistry going on between them. And Nick Suzuki, you know, he he's got the brain, right? It, it, he works with most players as long as you give him time to adjust to what it is that they're doing out there. Um, I, I have a feeling just from watching that game that this line's going to get better and better the more that we see of it. So I'd like to see at bare minimum uh, a five-game sample of that. So please, I'm I'm begging the Montreal Canadiens. I am begging Martin Saint-Louis. I am begging Kent Hughes, whoever is making the decisions here, if you're listening, please do not split that up for the time being unless you're letting the kid go down to Laval. I will leave it at that. It was a good game from them, uh, a very welcome silver lining. And I think a second silver lining that really, uh, you know, begs to be addressed is the play of Brendan Gallagher. Uh, Brendan Gallagher was excellent in that game. He is looking every bit like vintage Brendan Gallagher. And that's not just in that game. It's just overall so far this season, he's been fantastic. I can't say enough about how wonderful it is to see him get back to the way that he was uh, playing previously, you know, on on his last contract. This current contract, you know, I've, I'm not going to go over it too much. We know it's it's a little bit rich for most of our blood. But if he can get, uh, I've, I've been saying this for a while, if he can get even close to back to where he was, it's not so bad. It's It's bad enough that you can't move it, but it's not bad enough that you can't live with it. And... Right now, with the way that he's playing, uh, he's disrupting everything on the forecheck. He's getting to the slot. He's getting to the mouth of the net um, and really ramming the puck down the throat of the opponent. Like, he's he's playing as good as you could possibly ask him to play. And um, I really think that 
this could be a resurgence for him. Um, we'll have to see what happens throughout the course of um, you know the remainder of the season. If he can stay healthy, I think this could be a real resurgence for him and maybe a return to relevancy, at least in the Montreal Canadiens lineup. Uh, I think that would be a huge benefit to them as they look to get back to competing. And uh, it's just also wonderful as a Habs fan. You know, most of us have been watching this guy play ever since he's surprised at his first camp with the team as a fifth-round pick, and everybody was like, who the hell is this guy? Um, you know, we, we, we've all been kind of hoping that he could get back to being that player, and uh, it looks like he is. So another very welcome silver lining uh, from that game against the Blues. But now we got to get to some negatives. Um, you, you knew it was coming, right? This is their third loss in a row, and albeit the first of those three on the trip was a great game against the Vegas Golden Knights. We talked about it after that game. You know, they were great. Um, they really took it to one of the better teams in the league, and then they've laid two eggs in a row now. So, um, yeah, this might devolve into a little bit of a rant, and I have to start with Mike Matheson. What the fuck was he doing in that game? There were way too many, you know, nonchalant, like uh, barely even skating pinches that he tried where there was no reasonable expectation of success on those pinches at the offensive blue line, and they led to chances against, sometimes led to goals against. There was a point, actually, in the second period where he went around behind his net and tried to cut into the middle through traffic. The only time that you ever cut around your net tight like that and, like, in towards the slot is when there's nobody there, and he tried it with, like, five dudes in that area. He tried to go between two Blues players to get into his own slot. Like, they had a full contingent of five guys in the offensive zone for the Blues, and he's and it led to a shot on goal. Uh, the shot ended up getting blocked, I think, actually by him. But it's you know I don't I give you no brownie points for blocking a shot that you fucking created by doing a ridiculous play. If he just stays wide and cuts up along the boards, he can start looking for an outlet pass and trying to get that puck out of the zone. But no, he's cutting into the middle and just boneheaded play after boneheaded play. And what got brought up a lot on Twitter um, when I was talking about some of his misplays was you know maybe he's playing hurt. If he's fucking playing hurt. I swear, we are going to start a riot against the new medical staff immediately. You guys are not going to get a moment of peace in your job. If we're playing a guy hurt again, have we not learned our lesson after the last couple of years? Have we not learned our lesson? What are we doing? If he's injured, get him off the fucking ice. Get him in the press box until he's ready to play. I, I don't care as much about wins and losses as I do about... You know, looking good in wins and losses. Looking competitive in wins and losses. He did not look like a competitive player. He did not look like an NHL defenseman. He looked lost out there. He looked like a guy who wandered into an NHL game and got embarrassed on a regular basis. If he's hurt, if that's the truth, right? And again, a lot of us are just armchair doctoring this. We don't know if he's actually playing hurt. We do know that, you know, he, uh, what was it, against the, the Knights? Was it the Knights game where he he didn't finish the game, uh, but then he ended up coming back? I think it doesn't matter. So we know that he had something going on at one point. If that's what it is, get him the fuck off the ice. Don't do that. That's stupid. We've I think we should have learned our lesson by now. So please, please don't do that anymore if that's what it is. If that's not what it is, then they need to like sit down and have a conversation with him. And realistically, that conversation should probably involve an analysis of who everybody is playing with. 
because that appears to be an issue on defense right now. Uh, one thing that was very good early on in the season was uh, Caden Gooley playing with Johnny Kovacevic. They need to go back to that pairing. That was a pairing that worked. Uh, right now, Johnny Kovacevic, um, he's looking kind of rough out there. He's looking kind of rough out there. I think he needs to get back with Gooley. I think that's the best possible configuration for them. Um, I I know that the best minutes that he played, I think, were with David Savard. I, I, I can't remember. I'd have to go to Natural Statric and I'd have to really break down the stats a little bit. And I don't think anybody wants to sit here and wait for me to do that while you're listening to the podcast. So I won't. But th- they need to look at the configuration on defense right now and maybe make some adjustments on that front. Um, Justin Barron played a pretty good game. Caden Gooley played a pretty good game. But everybody else looked problematic uh, to a certain level. Uh, save maybe Arbor Jacki. I thought Arbor Jacki was all right in that game as well. So there was three defensemen that played pretty well individually. But as 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 units... It's not optimal right now, and I get it. There's been some injuries, so I'm, I'm not going to rant too much about that, but they need to make adjustments because they can optimize it a little bit better, and they can make for a more watchable product as a result. Um, the, 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 the nonchalant nature with which they seem to try and exit their zone I think has a lot to do with the defense not knowing where their partners are going to be, and it just seems disjointed, and I, I really think that a, a, a rethink of the pairings that they're using might make a difference on that front i don't know it's just a thought uh it's not very well developed but it's a thought um something to something to maybe look at uh over the course of the couple of days off that they've got coming up here that's about all i've got to say um you know i i was not happy with that game i was not happy with that missed call by the officials i was not happy by the effort that the habs put out uh, against a team that played last night I don't I don't think I've mentioned that yet uh the Blues were on the second half of a back-to-back and they get a 6-3 win so mm, make of that what you will it was not a good game um and so that's why I was reluctant to say you know this was the fault of the officials yes that call changed the entire complexion of that game but it's not like uh it's not like the Habs were running away with it before that call and then it completely turned around on them um, they needed to be better in that game. And um, look, at the very least, there were some positives to take out of it. Like I said, Slavkovsky, the new look top line, Brandon Gallagher. Um, it's not like you you left Missouri with absolutely nothing uh, to to hang your hat on. But, you know, I, I just hope that they learn something from it. So uh, we'll cut it off there. Uh, we're running, what, a little over 19 minutes. So c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, à la prochaine.